You're listening to the Ambitious Mama Podcast, and I'm your host, Krista Rialba. Hey, mamas. I am talking to you here from San Diego. I'm recording this in the hotel lobby. And a few weeks ago, I had a really powerful conversation with Dr. Andrea Gennardo, and we recorded a powerful conversation that I'm releasing this podcast today because I cannot wait another minute because it's all about thriving under pressure. In this podcast, Dr. Andrea and I discuss like the how we can grow after something that's traumatic and how we can thrive under pressure and how we can thrive every day. So I'm really excited to share this with you. So wherever you're at in your journey, whatever pain you've gone through, whatever challenges you've gone through, you don't have to stay in that place of feeling stuck, disempowered in any way. So I'm hoping that this conversation gives you some new skills, some encouragement, and definitely the empowerment to grow even though that you've had adversity, that you've had challenges to learn from it and to expand to a higher place, to, to like use that journey to like kind of like step on and elevate yourself to go to the next level. So the time is right now, ladies. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of how far each and every one of us has come and the courage and the growth that we have embodied together. Thank you so much for, be, for being here and thank you so much to Dr. Andrew DiNardo. I'm so excited for you guys to learn here and also afterwards, please check out her TEDx talk, her blog on psychology that's called Thriving Under Pressure, drandreadinardo.com and I will definitely put this in the show notes. So I am here in San Diego. I'm about, actually about to go on stage in a couple of minutes. Um, I'm going to tell you all about that later, but thank you again. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate each and every one of you so very much. We'll talk soon. Hey everyone, I am here live with Dr. Andrea DiNardo and uh, your eyebrows just went up. No, we're not actually live, but live together. (laughs) I don't care. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And I am so excited to bring your wisdom to everyone because you're definitely going to bring your knowledge, your expertise, your compassion, but we haven't had anyone with your background and your skill set on yet. So this is going to be really powerful. And um, when we ran into e- to each other the other week or so at um, Carrots and Dates, you know, things are just meant to be. And, yeah. um, and it's, it, there's no denying that. And the first time we met was through uh, Sierra Bray with her Women with Drive event. And then that just brought all of us together. So shout out to Sierra for having the vision to truly empower that connection. So I'm really hoping that today, I'm always open to where these conversations go and they haven't led me astray yet, just trusting that what is supposed to come to light will. Um, But when you asked me and you were so organized and so on the ball and you're like, hey, like what's the structure? You know, what are we gonna talk about? And I love that. And I love, I love all personality types too, working with women. It's so, so beautiful to really honor everyone's strengths. Um, but when you're asking me, like, what should we talk about? I'm like, I think we, the, the easiest, most natural place to start is what your blog is called, what you're known for. And that is really thriving under pressure. Um, now, all of the women listening, um, they have to be ambitious if they press play. It's called Ambitious Mama, right? And I, I, we've spoken about this a few times that being an entrepreneur, that is a, diff- a whole other kind of hard. Um, being a mom and an entrepreneur, that's a whole other level too. And I think that whatever your background is, whether you have kids right now, if you're listening, whether you have multiple jobs, multiple businesses, you're going to have times where you feel under pressure. And that's really why I have Dr. D here to support <laughs> us. And also just like wherever, wherever this conversation goes. Um, but um, we were just mentioning that even just getting on the Zoom call, that was a moment of like, we didn't know what was happening. And I think that was a good representation of something. Do you want to elaborate on kind of like the idea of kind of facing the uncomfortable? Absolutely. First of all, thank you for having me, Krista. I gave the talk right after you at the Women with Drive Summit and miracles I believe in every single day. 
Yes. And when I ran into you at Carrots and Dates and I shouted out the Miracle Lady, because there, <laughs> there's so much pressure and we need to remember hope and hope mm. is everywhere, absolutely everywhere. And uh, somebody like you that's filled with light and hope and happiness has no less pressure, no less struggle, no less difficulty, no less mm. dif challenge than anybody else. And unfortunately we do this, it's our, it's our natural inclination that we judge and assume that people that are smiling have it easier. Ah. And from my research in positive psychology, I practiced for 17 years as a psychologist and I've been a professor now for 18 years. And my specialty is child development, school psychology, thriving, positive psychology, essentially bring out the best in people. But what I've learned through my, my work is that often the worst times in our lives bring out the best in us. Mm -hmm. So as a psychologist, so you can, you can feel that right there because yeah. I know you've had your challenges. Yeah. They've just, they've chiseled parts of you away that did not belong. And so what I want to do with my, you know, it's still chiseling and it's hard to come out about that. It's called post-traumatic growth. We talk so often about post-traumatic oh. stress disorder, but what you experience and what you exhibit is called post-traumatic growth. And that you can't do that alone. I know that you do that through your community. You're a leader for the people in your community. That's a big role for me as a professor and as a psychologist. I always want to put my best foot forward, but someone said on my blog, Two days ago, thriving under pressure, I appreciate you shutting that out, that who cares for the caretakers? Mm. And as a mom and an entrepreneur and as a female, we're naturally inclined to, to care for people. And mm. so someone like myself, through my, my speeches, my writing and everything, and I hope to Zoom more and you know, reach more people, is I support and give you the framework. So that when you are having that struggle that you don't go into that inner critic and, and, and beat yourself up for it, and that we can sit back and now I'm going to move into my thriving under pressure model that I did my TEDx talk on, is that it's all part of the journey. Mm -hmm. And so what I, the reason I started writing my blog in 2015 is because it's how I cared for myself. Mm -hmm. So that I can teach as many as 500 students a, or a year, I should say, in total, as many as 700 actually a year. And, you know, people are naturally drawn to me because who doesn't want to talk to a psychologist, right? <laughs> you know, I, you know, often I'll think to myself, well, maybe I should just say like I sell insurance, but I <laughs> I'm so proud of what I do and I do love to help people, but I also have learned, and you know this too, because you've reached just on Instagram alone 14,000 people. Mm -hmm. that you can't give it to 14,000 separate people. So, mm -hmm. so now I've created, I have a YouTube channel and I have 140 YouTube videos up there. And I have my TEDx talk and I write for my blog and I also write for the Drive Magazine. So sort of my, sort of my passion is to help people see the light and, but also embracing the dark. Mm. And I'll just, I'll give you space to talk and then I'll talk about sort of the three parts of the thriving under pressure model that I draw on every single day because I'm you and we are everybody. Mm -hmm. well, you've already hit me so hard with this idea of, of post-traumatic growth. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, we all, almost every talk that I, I've given lately, I look around the room at all of the women and typically I'm speaking to a room of women, I said, and I'll say, you've already, uh, you've already overcome so much. Like if we, and it gives me goosebumps because- It just gave me goosebumps. Like, it's like, we don't even know. Like even in the small group around the table at Carrots and Dates today, we have immigrants, we have single moms, we have, you know, people who've overcome cancer two, three times. You know, like they, the, we all have trauma of yes. different- degrees yeah. and varieties and even like I don't know if we'll go here but I mean like even like ancestral trauma and like yeah. all of the trauma and it's like do is it a decision to choose growth from trauma how does that like I know that I chose that but I don't know if I like deliberately chose that or if I just knew that that was part of my my soul's calling to grow that's an excellent question because I would say that the growth is built into us no matter what. We grow, right? We get taller. 
Yeah. Our hair grows longer. <laughs> I didn't grow very tall, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're the height of your tallness. But sometimes you made that choice. But listen, Krista, that's a choice you make every single day. So let's mm -hmm. start with the first C of thriving under pressure. Okay. And you focus on what's within your control. Mm. So you focus on what's within your control. And sometimes we look outside of us when we're in that place that it's too much and we think, well, everybody else is growing, everybody's doing great, but that's their good day, right? That whole yeah. idea of comparing our bad day to their good day. Yeah. And so you made that choice to grow, but that was in small, 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 small increments, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? You know, at one point you were at the table as somebody else hosting, like mm -hmm. you do that care. Yeah. yeah. So every day, so the first C, there's three C's for thriving under pressure and sometimes the only thing you have within your control is to make yourself a cup of coffee. And yeah. back to that mindfulness. Control really is about in the moment, what's in your control. And so what tends to happen when we're in that trauma space, because like you said, pain is pain. And mm -hmm. one of the worst things we can ever do is measure our pain against somebody else's. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. so often a part of our own sort of external control is to save people from their pain. And we don't know if that's part of their soul's growth. Mm -hmm. And that's why the control that you might exert in that situation, that sort of, you know, feeling in charge, because it can be hard to witness somebody's pain, is in that moment, you're just being with them. Mm -hmm. So yes, for you, that's your C. Like there's three C's. Some C's are, you bet you're on it. Okay. So that's your, for you, you choose growth. For me, I chose growth. Some days I, ch I choose to just do absolutely nothing. And that's okay. Yeah. Right? That's okay too. Right. And I think like, even in those small, like the, the small decisions to do what oh the heck made a, my phone just made an alarm sound, um, <laughs> to make, to make the, the small moves towards, okay, I'm going to go for a walk and that's in my control. I'm going to hydrate my body with water. That's within my control. And I think like, two things come to mind is you have to decide to love yourself enough to do even those things. Right. Absolutely. I, so you bring up the second C. Okay. Which oh, is I did. Sorry. Okay. I don't know the C's. I don't know the I love C's. this. No, this okay. is awesome. You talk about me being organized and what's going on. That's part of my, that's one of my strengths. Okay. So, and this is, what are you committed to? Okay. Yeah. You're committed to your children. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes you just do it for your two boys. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when I'm working with patients and I teach nurses, and I'll say to them, you'll have a lot of patients that are giving up. You know, they, they've been through the, they've been through so much in the hospital. You know, why another attempt? You know, maybe it's their third heart surgery. And I'll say to them, I'll say to my my students, have them get out a picture of a dying child, so that that's what they're committing to. Right now, maybe they don't love themselves enough. Maybe in this moment, they want to do it for their boys, and then you for your boys. Maybe sometimes, like it's all about the sea is something bigger. I call it your north star. So the first thing is, the more out of control you feel in your life, the smaller you need to go. Mm, like making your bed. Make your bed and make your bed. I mean, like, just look at that bed and just love that bed that you just made it, right? It's yeah. very grounding. Yes. And then we also, control is almost going small. And then when we, once again, how do you love yourself? Then you make a commitment. Maybe it's a commitment to God. I mean, we don't talk about God, you know, to the universe. Maybe you make a commitment to your children. Maybe you make a commitment to your future. Mm -hmm. And then the other C, and then you can weave it in wherever you want. Just like today with the Zoom phone call. Oh my God, I have no clue. I didn't know you had to download that. But I had no idea. But I'm the kind of person, and I have a feeling you are too. I've, I've watched you, Krista, is that I invite challenge into my life. Okay, so oh, yeah. when you, when you, my, my eyebrow raised, you said, okay, maybe the video is going to go live. Let it go live. That kind of like puffs up my adrenaline. You're like, woo, we're going live now. <laughs> and then what's happening is you're getting into the flow zone, right? Yes. So that, right? So, so that you're back to the, you're committed to something bigger than yourself. You might not be there yet. You have a sense of control. You're going to make your bed and that creates momentum. Okay, yeah. so now you're gonna make the bed. Let's just put our running shoes on. I don't even care if you go outside, just put your running shoes on. But the next day it creates momentum. And then so much challenge comes into our life and we need to be able to reframe it as opportunity. So for yourself, the trauma that you've been through, you're gonna feel it, you're gonna have that space. And you might be 20 minutes out of the day. 
And so part of the challenge is you want to honor the pain, but you don't want to worship the pain. Mm-hmm. because honor is that you have it for a period of time because even with your husband I mean you love him but he's not your therapist so True. that you want to make sure that every conversation doesn't come around that so part of the challenge is saying this is an opportunity how can I take this in my business how yes. can I have it make more sense and now I have a feeling that you became a lot more interested in the healing even more so the healing properties of the oils and the facial and all of that so all of a sudden instead of a challenge making you feel hopeless the challenge makes you feel hopeful because it's taking you to the next level of your life so that all three of them work together so i'm having a day it's overwhelming okay i couldn't figure out zoom i chose that challenge let's pump some adrenaline into me i'm in the zone with you completely krista i'm not thinking about anything but this moment and that's what challenge does because when you don't have enough challenge in your life what happens is you're bored and you're worried and you start to get anxious right yeah zone that flow zone and then also, the more you invite challenge into your life, your body and your mind is used to it when it comes to unexpected. So I'll, I'll just give you some space to, to talk. Yeah, I mean, that's beautiful. I, I remember going back 12 or so years, maybe, maybe actually it'll be 12 years this May. And I, I, I'm often going back to this coffee date that I had with one of my first mentors. And, uh, and she said, you need to commit to like finding opportunities to to be uncomfortable and to grow and and to be like like being uncomfortable is now your natural state because you're like you're gonna get to a point where i want you to get to a point where you get so excited you're like oh i'm I'm, this like makes me nervous you know and and you're like i gotta do that i gotta do that and and so as you're doing that what you're taking is adrenaline can either be framed as as fear or excitement it's the exact same yes hormone and neurotransmitter so keep going That's yeah no and going. and i know that it's so embedded in me to the point where it's like it's like literally like this excitement goes off where i think i think anyone who hasn't gone on this journey would be like shut it down shut it down i'm like whoa like we got something we got something good here and um i've actually just joined forces with um a few of my peers who are like at the same level of business development and that with me and and it's funny because, you know, we all want to keep up the um, persona, you know, right. of like, we've got it all together. We're, we're all successful in our own right, et cetera. But we all just like, I, ha- I came up with this idea along with one of my other um, colleagues. And I said, what if we come together and we are like honest, transparent, like with our numbers and we say, this is our, this is what our income is this week this is what we want it to be but what it's starting at it might not be what we would what we would want others to perceive you know what right. i mean right right um and I uh, love that. i absolutely love that because to me there's not enough talk around money with women especially yeah and and then what happens is their self-judgment goes down and then you have that community because ultimately mm-hmm. like money matters I talk about this with my nursing students. You know, every job I apply for, I've negotiated my salary and I talk to them just because you get one salary doesn't mean you shouldn't negotiate that. And I've had some young people work for me too and they say, I'll do it for free. And I'm telling them don't because you have to value yourself. And so as you talk about like money in a very real way, that's grounding and it has power in that. I love it. It's very grounding. And even though we're all like, I myself, I was the one that actually proposed this. And I'm like, oh boy, what am I getting myself into? Because not only are we saying what we're starting at, but we are calling our shot, right? Yeah, yeah. so this that's is your what commitment. We're for. Yeah, yeah, and then- your, your North Star. Yeah, and this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna do this, 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 and this to achieve this and to bring this to life. And we are open and like just all honest and transparent and um, vulnerable and um, it, it that is actually where true power comes, I think. No, absolutely. For yeah. sure, 100%. Mm-hmm. And then you can be supported. And, and as you talk about all of this, with the numbers and mm-hmm. with your sense of hope and optimism, as that, that sort of, that, uh, that fuels you. And if you're anything yeah. like me, I'm such an optimist to a fault that I often get disappointed, but I'll live with the disappointment because I, I never stop believing. Yes. Let's talk about optimism. Okay, let's. 
And oh, yeah, I I'll, absolutely I wrote an article on it and uh, with three yeah <laughs> of course. Oh my gosh. I have to this is it. This is when I this is the our these are our streets are called the textbook. And this is one of the articles that I wrote. So you guys, so just so you know, she's showing me this beautiful, blown up article of this article on optimism. It's hot pink, it looks gorgeous. Because I really believe optimism isn't some magic, magic thing that you're born with. Now, some of us have more of a propensity for happiness, but we all have to work at it. It's like, you still have to go to the gym. You still have to save your money. I mean, these rules of life apply to everybody. Nobody, yes. nobody just, lands it. So uh, do you want me to ask me a few questions? I can take you through three parts. Well, I actually, I have to just share with you yeah, what, what was told to me by um, my uncle when I was a little girl. And thank God I didn't believe him. But he's, <laughs> he literally said, like, he was like, took me aside to give me advice. And he said, Krista, I'm going to give you some advice. He said, always expect the worst and like, think the worst is going to happen that way if it doesn't you'll be surprised i'm like <laughs> could you like could you believe that did you like, do that i mean does it does, did you do that no i was like i know i can't i've heard that advice many times trust I me i was like that i like intuitively even like at like seven years old i'm like i don't think that's working out for you <laughs> <laughs> but yes exactly right glass half full glass half empty yeah, uh, right. I know. I know. And that's what a pessimist would say. And so the other side of it, you can't help. I can see you're infectious. You have sort of this Peter Pan in you, but mm -hmm. but it's going to, no matter what, right, it's going to work out when it doesn't accept it and you move on. But there's a mourning period when it doesn't work out. Mm -hmm. You know, there's that mourning period when it doesn't work out, but then you just get back up. Yep. Right. Back on the pony. So the way I see the difference between, <laughs> between an optimist and a pessimist are three, once again, I have structure. One that a pessimist takes every setback as personal. Yeah. Whereas an optimist sees it as universal. So for example, if, um, okay, give me something. I'll give me, a, give me a, a, a problem or a situation because listen, being an entrepreneur, you get told no all the time. Give me a, and I'll take it through the. Okay. So you can talk about Sally quotation or any of those things. Whatever. Okay. So you, you check into, oh, you want me to give a real life example? Yeah, if you want, it's up to you. It's your podcast. My podcast. Hmm. Okay. Well, in my, in my main business where I, the vehicle that I mentor women is, isn't a direct sales business. Right. So that's, it's like, you're, it's like a master class of like personal development. If you, if you want to become successful. Right. Right. So let's say I invite, um, USANA, right? Is it USANA? USANA. Yeah. yeah. USANA health sciences. Yeah. So okay, actually I won't say myself because that won't really work. So two, yeah, two women, yeah. So two women on the team, we're inviting to a local event, a local event at, just so you know, this didn't happen, but uh, at, at Peely Island Winery. So we're, we're inviting to an event there. And obviously we, win, we live in Windsor, Essex County. We, it's quite possible we'll know similar people. So um, Amy, Duh, oh my Amy. God, you are psychic. It's she's, that's one of the names in the article. Yeah? Oh my God, that's hilarious. Amy's the pessimist. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Okay, okay. okay so, so Amy, Amy messages her um, friend from work and says, you ha like, come to this event, it's going to be a great time, yada, yada. And Amy says, no, I can't. I need to be at home with my son that night. And then Katie messages her and says, come to this event. And she says to Katie, you know what? I'm going to make it work. So she says yes to Katie. Okay. So then Amy gets very flustered, very upset. Um, she's mad at the person she invited. And she's also mad at the other person who she said yes to. And she doesn't want to come to the event anymore. Because she's no good at the business. Okay. So, <laughs> so the pessimist would take it all very personally. Mm-hmm. It's about me all the time. Yeah. All the time. So the whole world revolves around them. Okay, yeah. Just to add. 
and that everything's permanent. So they probably dropped out of the business pretty close after that. Oh yeah. Like, right? They, because yeah, it, I just can't, like, it's always going to be like this. I can't handle this. And then it's pervasive to every area of their life. So not only the business that they were involved with, with you, but the boyfriend, the girlfriend, where they lived or wherever it is. Whereas yeah. the, the optimist doesn't take it personally. They'll look outside of themselves for an exclamation, uh, an exclamation. I can't even say the word, to explain what happened. So for example, that person could make it because you know what, they're going through a bad breakup, like, or maybe they don't have the funds, or maybe they can't get a ride. That they see it as temporary. This is only one event, and finally it's specific, like specific to this area of their life. Yeah. So it ends up being a way of looking at the world that fuels success, because especially in sales, because you're gonna be told no 99, times 99 of 100 times right? oh yeah and there's there's so many <laughs> you know, things out of your control 100 percent. so mm-hmm. it's a way of looking at the world so as an optimist so things go wrong all the time so i was telling somebody the other day i've been professionally speaking since 2000 okay so for every 100 sales calls contacts whatever i might get four right four mm-hmm. speeches if you're lucky and that but i you know i believe back to the commitment i, I believe in myself I believe things happen for a reason uh they say out of uh, you know difficulty comes growth right mm-hmm. so every time something doesn't work out one of my ways of coping with things is I get creative yeah right yeah <laughs> how creative you're you real creative <laughs> and if you're familiar with Carolyn Mace uh, yes. M-Y-M. <laughs> yes. And I've been to about four of her, her retreats. She's talking a lot about what's happening in this world. It's very destructive right now. But she said it's never been more creative. Yes, it's true. I, oh, I got, that gives me goosebumps. It's like, because there's a million solutions to everything. And there's a million ways of looking at things. And when I'm having um, women I'm working with goal set, I said, I'll say, don't worry about the how. Don't worry about how it's going to go down. Don't worry about how it's going to come to life. Just set your course and then let's get creative and let's like just really? not leave a single rock unturned because like we, we literally live in the best, most empowering time, I think. Oh, you know, and because you're an optimist and that's the way of looking at the world, I'm right there in, with you because you choose to argue for your strengths, mm-hmm. not your weakness. Right. Yeah. Like I, I, I do one of the videos wherever I was. Some I was at the gym once, probably about six months ago, and I in the gym all I kept hearing were people saying, and it was women, I can't do this. This is too hard. I can't. I'm looking at them and they're completely capable. Yeah. But because take it back, Krista, one of the ways that they were socialized when they were young is some people really get a lot of attention around the victim mentality. Oh and, yeah, they probably learned it, witnessed it. Mm-hmm. And they get attention for it. And even to this day. So one of my rules that kept me going as a therapist, or as a, we talk about how do you care for the caretaker, that with every hour of therapy, you get 10 minutes for your story. Yeah. And the other 50 minutes is creation. Mm. Yeah, I like even that. Even with your kids, they get 10 minutes. I bet they're fine though. Yeah. <laughs> but when we, my mom's a psychologist too. So wow. <laughs> I'm looking for it that we practiced together at 1.2. So wow. she, when she had four kids, she set a timer and everybody got their 10 minutes. And you know, we, and because it's draining, it's draining to tell your story, it's draining to hear your story. You know, it's different. You, there's a difference between trauma and there's a difference between a problem, right? So when you're in the trauma, you need to be supported, you need to be held even as you work through your trauma, what, that we all need that, but we don't need it indefinitely. You know, that, that, that you're actually showing that person that I believe in you, that I believe yeah. back to what you're saying in that growth. You're surrounded by people, Krista, that support your growth. And part of that, yeah. supporting that growth, people have a hard time with this. Um, some people, maybe the, uh, dare I say, the victim mentality, that they want to constantly be witnessed for their darkness. And I see it, but I see your light so much brighter. Hmm. Now, my mind's going to many places. I'm like, hey, we got to go here. We got to go here. But one thing that I would love to know your insight on is um, I know that when you like sharing your story right. is powerful for connection. Um, but I, what you just said was is so true is that sharing any sort of story of trauma is very draining. Yeah. And 
hearing it is very dreamy. Oh my God. <laughs> so do you have any advice in terms of, um, for, for my team specifically yeah. that is listening and to everyone who is like, who tells their story to empower others. Right. But there's probably some framework where they can do it in a way that is the most productive for right. the person who's listening and yeah. also so they don't just want to go lay down after. Yeah, great question. Great question. Great question. First of all, really pay attention to the person in front of you. I did a, a an interview on CKLW and there's a link on my website on oversharing. And uh, I referenced the I referenced yeah. the work of uh, of course Brené Brown. And she talks, she calls it the, the headlight effect. And when you watch yeah. someone <laughs> and you're telling your story, they, their eyes get really big. So we have to be sensitive to the person in front of us, even an audience. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna answer this question but I can come in a few different yeah. ways. As a professor teaching psychology, mostly to women, there's, and I provide a very safe place for them, that sometimes they spontaneously share too much. And I had a situation last year where mm -hmm. somebody in the front row shared too much and the entire 10 rows behind them physically pulled back. So I took a break right away and then I just I addressed it with that person. And you know, I teach them because they live in this culture of oversharing, right? And I said, you know, we have to really be sensitive to the people in front of us and we have to ask their permission if it's okay to share. Because it might be okay if you share with me tomorrow at eight in the morning, but I've had a long day. So it was interesting, I talked about that on Monday because I was teaching a class, clinical psych class. My students said, you mean you can really like say it's not a good time to hear the story? So we have to be conscious of boundaries on both sides, right? Mm -hmm. We're always conscious of our boundaries being breached, but myself included, what about when I breach other people's boundaries, right? Yeah. So one way of doing that is asking if this is a good time and maybe, because. Krista, I'm a morning person, so I'm stronger in the morning. If you get me at eight o'clock at night, it's not good. So, you know, I, I'm, are you more of a morning person? Um, I am both. I don't know. Like I, I just, I really honor my, like, I, I honor my energy as it comes. Okay. That's cool. That's good. But yeah. you, but you know, you know that sometimes it's not a good time for sometimes you. Sometimes I got nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> right? no. And so what ends up happening is if you really are the kind of caring person that people come to, you have to be careful because over time, what's, you're going to start retreating. And I yes. found that with myself that I, I'm an extrovert, but over time I find that I don't want to be insensitive to people, but but because everybody wants to tell you something. So I've just learned to speak up in gentle ways. One way is non-verbally, like kind of like sort of pull away from them. But back to if you're giving a speech, that, that's a little bit, we can go, we can do a little oh, podcast on this one. Actually, know what I just realized? Yeah. I learned this from you. You taught this. You taught this at oh, yes, um, that speech. Women with drive. Because, thank you. <laughs> And I actually like, I learned it, but I didn't, it didn't click that it was from yeah. you necessarily. Like I, I just started doing it. Right. And I've been doing that since the talk. Yeah. So literally like all, like, cause sometimes like there's people that it's like my safe place. Right. And one right. of them is like my mom of and course. she can, and you know, I can call her and just call like, can you believe and blah, 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 <laughs> like just like all the things. But now it's like, mom, is it a good time? I would love to, some support and I would love to like, just talk a few things out, but it's like, I'm always now asking for Good. that Good. and and i shared your wisdom with her right. as well and i said said mom that is really good because i always want to be there to give you my best but sometimes like i won't have it and i think probably vice versa and she's like yeah totally so okay. we started like asking for that permission because you have one or two people especially someone like you and someone like me and even like my husband like, as I said early on, I want to make sure he's not my therapist because, and my mom's not my therapist, even though she's a psychologist and like, you know, that whole thing. So yes, asking that question. And then another thing around speeches, I love, thank you. I thank wrote a blog you. called Set a Time Limit on Negativity. And it's one of my most Facebooked and downloaded set of time limit on, on uh, negativity because it doesn't mean that I don't love you. It doesn't mean I don't care for you. It doesn't mean I don't respect for you, but guess what? I respect myself enough to have an authentic relationship with you so that you're, I'm not going to ghost you. You know, that's what ends up happening. People end up like just pulling away completely because it's too much. So yeah. we actually teach each other. And then secondly, let's look to Brandy Brown. 
what she does, and I talk about this in my speeches too, lighten it up, make it fun. And it can be funny, okay? Yeah. So that, that even, and if you're giving a speech, because you can't give that speech if you're still in trauma. You no. have to work through that trauma. Yeah. Because unfortunately, and you see this on, on social media, people are working through all their crap on social media. I'm all over being authentic, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I've seen some things that I'm in that day, like we talked about, I wasn't ready to receive. So even in, before you give a speech, if it is going to be that, say, you know what, I just want to forewarn you that this might be tender for some of you because this could be a trigger point and I will not be upset. In fact, I'll respect you more if you need to leave the room at a certain point. Yeah. And then I have three parts to your speech. So the first part is your story because I, I know I have a feeling you're working on speeches around that. Yeah. So the first part is your story and it's really important, Krista, for someone like you to share that story because you are such a bright light and you're always reaching for the higher, the higher point. And it, it just gives other people permission to not be 100% all the time. So you have your first part, you tell your story, then you talk about the growth moments you went through. Mm-hmm. And that, all of that packaged together, that's the warm up. But that's the what? What was that word you said? Like, that's a hug. That's that's that, that's the part that you feel leaving comforted. Like I always, I have two intentions when I teach and when I speak. It's that I want you to feel comfortable. I want you to feel like you're in my living room, no matter how big the room is. I want you to feel comfort, and then I want you to feel lifted up. Mm-hmm. That's what you yeah. do. I saw your speech. Oh, that's funny. I'm actually preparing two talks coming up, and they're. They're not like the how-to, like they're yeah. like the, like what you have had so much experience in. I should have hired you for my coach or something to prepare. It's very much like the, you know, you got to be ready. It's your TED talk. It's yes. you know, ready to go. Good so, for you. Good for you. Yeah. It's, Good it's for you. exciting. But yeah. So I wanted to share that because um, I have seen that happen um, on my team a few times where I literally see people in the audience like retreating. Um, and even like where they're just like, they, they can't, it's too much. Like they came for like, you know, maybe wine and like a fun, yes. like uplifting time. But that person was sharing their story so generously yeah. to inspire. Yeah. Um, but sometimes we don't have, we don't give the, ask for the permission. We're not lighting it up enough and we're not like keeping it in a timely way. Right. Maybe. I love all those, those three points are, are really good because you know what I absolutely love about this conversation what? Is that I, I learned so much from you, from your experience, and the way you reflect back what I teach just mm. takes it to a whole new level. Yeah, I love that too. When it's like, oh, what did you guys like when, when I give a talk? It's like, what did you get from that? Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> how did that make it? Like, how did the, you know, how did you receive it in your life? Oh, beautiful. Okay, so the next place my mind is going is, um, just like we already said, like there's always, you can know, you can choose the positive, you can choose the negative. Right, right, right. Anything. In some days you choose the negative. I, I don't know yeah. about you. Some days it's like, you know what? I'm not motivated. I'm not going anywhere. And reverse yeah. psychology works well. Cause the second I say that I'm like, okay, I'm back. Yeah, okay. totally. Um, so I think this probably happened for, again, for a reason, yeah. um, but just like totally unplanned. I just walked the boys into the mall, into the, our local mall and they needed haircuts. They were looking a little shaggy. So didn't, didn't get an appointment, just walked into a random place. And, um, and as soon as I seen the woman, I was like, oh, I should leave. Like, and not because <gasps> of her, not because of her appearance. No, no, no. Go, go for it. Nothing like that. I was like, nope, this is, this is not aligned, like immediately. And she was perfectly lovely looking. It was just the energy, right? right. And then strangely, uh, she, she asked to, to, to see my younger guy who is the more, um, how do we say it? Like he is more of like the light, the light worker kind of thing. You know what I mean? He's just lighter. And then the, my, my more serious, more, um, the one who takes on more, uh, he actually went with someone who had really good energy and he went off and then, and then she's like, well, it'd probably be best if he sits on your lap, which he's old enough to sit on his own. So I'm not sure why she suggested that, but it made me like literally physically trapped. Like I could not leave. And she was just 
so like anything that I said, I was ready to just like spin it into the positive, into like the economy. And she told me like malls are dying and like all these like very dramatic, like predictions of like just the economy and everyone's broke and like all these things about Windsor. And I was like, whoa, if I believed this, this would be really, really sad and depressing. And you're, you have, we have the evidence to prove all of that. Um, but how it impacted me was like, and I'm someone who I feel like is strong mentally, but I was, you know, run down from being like mumming hard all day and everything. And I was like, it got to me. And then it literally stayed with me. And then just things started going awry afterwards, just things that normally would have ran smoothly. I was out of sorts because of her energy. Right. So yeah. it's like, um, how, what kind of advice can we give? Okay. Number people? one. Okay. Cause I yeah. don't get it. Okay. A hundred percent get it. I'm a highly sensitive person. Wrote yeah. a blog on that one too. The one I see this in my classroom all the time because my students come from anatomy and physiology and they're just, they come in and they're just like on the floor. So I spend some that transition with them. And one of the simple thing is what's the best thing that happened to you today? So even to that woman, I would have said, what's the best thing that happened to you today? She's like, nothing, nothing, anyway, something like that. I said, no, seriously, what is the best thing that happened to you today? Like, did you have a good cup of coffee? Or just something that is personal to her that that can help with the shift. And okay, then with that's yourself, a great right? question. Right? With, and um, so, yes, that makes all the difference because, and then part of it, taking it as a challenge, you know, for whatever reason, she's in front of me. Because, you know, it's really easy, myself personally, to shift the people that are easy to be shifted, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that you don't know, and I also want you to reflect back, back on this, you didn't see it, but that she ended up having the opposite kind of day that you did because of the influence that you had on her. Mm-hmm. And it was a charitable act that she actually took what you had to say and she got the best parking spot. She had a wonderful meal or any of those things. So some of the, that, that you could have looked at it that way. And then uh, it's funny because my mom, the psychologist once again, she's always like, Andrea, you gotta have those bad days. Make sure you appreciate those good days. So that even in, in your own mind, right? Back in the sense of control, you know, what message are you telling yourself? You know, what is what was going through your mind when things started to go awry? What were you, what were you saying to yourself? What was I saying to myself? Were you angry? I was, I was, yeah, I was probably angry at myself for not, not being like, oh, never mind, not a good day. And uh, no, it's actually funny. Yeah. Oh my gosh. She actually said to me, cause, cause Marcus was a little yeah. bit, um, you know, tired from being out all day. And she said, if it's not, if it's, if, if he's not in a good way, you it's okay. You don't have to get his haircut. Like before we even sat down and I could have been like, you're right. Let's go. And I was like, no, no, no. Haircut. You know? You're being, because you're being the good mom, right? Yeah. <laughs> Instead of trusting your intuition. So essentially, it was just, it didn't, didn't go well. And then in your mind, you, you beat yourself up, the miracle lady, that you didn't listen to the signs. Yes. But, there, but the thing about our thoughts, we can flip it any way that we want. That in fact, imagine once again, that you impacted her in a positive way in yourself personally, that maybe she gave you that out, but she received all the goodness that you did before. Okay, the issue good. wasn't any of it. The issue was that you spent too much time thinking that I should have listened to the sign. Yeah, and that's when it was literally tripping up. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I know we've been uh, together for a little while now. So I know that we, we, we the, this intro was like, okay, helping these ambitious women's, women thrive in the overwhelm. Can we quickly recap the seas again or any sort of oh, to kind of like absolutely. help them like go to it really quickly when they're okay. feeling that overwhelm which okay, is going to so go down overwhelmed. okay you're mm-hmm. absolutely overwhelmed yeah so the first c is choose the challenge choose to choose the challenge choose the challenge so okay. the first c is challenge so accept the challenge choose the challenge look throughout your day you know, just do a quick audit of, say, if there are five things that are overwhelming you, say, I choose all five. Because what happens tends to happen is challenge you see it as a threat or an opportunity. And we feel helpless when we think somebody else chose it for us. So the yes. first seat, right? Right? I mean, you choose look at the all challenge. you've done. You, choose, you chose it. And by the way, back to that re- reverse psychology, then get rid of four of them. Get rid of the husband. Get rid of the kids. Get rid of everything. Which is funny. Like, 
don't have to be so freaking serious all the time, right? Yeah. But so yeah. you choose it, right? Yeah. Send the kids off to Walt Disney for a week. I mean, there are things that you could do, but you're choosing it. So yes. the first one is that you choose the challenge in your life. And you know what? You're overwhelmed. Okay. So how do you take that and reframe it in the positive? Mm-hmm. Uh, these five things that are overwhelming me today, which ones can I get rid of? I don't want to get rid of the, any of them. So you want all five, then you're going to choose that overwhelm that goes with it. So you're deliberately choosing the challenge opposed to being stuck in this feeling of overwhelm. Right. And and do you take that feeling of overwhelm and, and you say, you know what, if, if it's too much, then okay, I'm going to take one of the five away or two of the five away. But chances are you take two of the five away. You also take the goodness that comes with those five. Got it. I think to me, what I receive from that is like deliberately choosing opposed to feeling that things are happening to me. Yes. Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. So feeling like it. It, there's such, there's something called learned helplessness and that's the opposite of hope. So learned helplessness is everything's being done to you, done to you. Done. Take a step back, take mm. 60 seconds and, and identify that you've chosen all five. Got and it. you'll say, okay, once again, I, I heard this on the radio. Uh, uh, can't remember who said this, but think of the one thing that drives you crazy about your husband, Krista. You don't have to say it out loud. He's and too you close. Get rid- <laughs> 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 and if you get rid of that one thing, you actually have to get rid of him. Yeah, true. Because I'm going to go dark. I go dark often. Okay. <laughs> so once he dies, you're going to wish that worst thing about him was still here because he'd be here too. True. Right. So choose it, choose, choose whatever it is. Control is what do you have control over? So even when uh, what happened to you with that hairstylist, what you had control over was how you framed it. You chose mm. to beat yourself up. I understand it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And say, I should have listened to my instincts. I should have listened to my intuition. You didn't. Mm-hmm. So what you have control over is now we're going back to that hairstylist again. Mm-hmm. What you have control over is future, but you don't have control over the past. You only have control over now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got it. And then finally, commitment, go big. Like, why are you doing this business? You know, mm-hmm. what are you hoping for your family? What are you teaching your children in terms of work ethic? Look at the impact mm-hmm. that you're having on the world at large. Look at the community you've created with women. So commitment is ultimately... What are you committed to? So the first, the three C's are one, choose the challenge. Like choose it, don't be a victim, choose it. And if you don't like what you have, get rid of what parts? Choose it. What are you in control of? Your thoughts, this moment, that cup of tea that you're drinking. And Mm -hmm. ultimately why, like if I were to ask you right now, Krista, why did you choose to become an entrepreneur? Oh, oh, that's good. Oh, that's just right down to my core. Like I always knew that I needed to be, um, to be out there creating and I wanted to experience everything and I wanted to be in the driver's seat of my life and I wanted to be with others who wanted that too. And, um, yeah, like, I mean, I just, even on my screensaver here, I'm just seeing like, like I've, my norm of what I know how to create, like how to live and how to create and how to create abundance is like, it's arm in arm with other women. Like, and it's, it's the norm that I've created and it's what I've wanted since I was a little girl. So it's, it's, I it's, see you on a throne. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I do. And all of that, which is absolutely incredible. It gives me goosebumps, Krista. That's what you look up to. And I physically have students look up so that when you're in the thick of it and you're feeling overwhelmed, when you're in the thick of it and you can't, you're beating yourself up about the hairstylist, you say to yourself, you know what? That's nothing. That's just like boots to the ground because mm-hmm. ultimately this is why I'm here to create a community of women, to, to, to motivate, to encourage, to ignite, to make a difference. And in yeah. order to do that, it costs money and the money that it costs are the thing, times when you feel out of control and the times you feel overwhelmed that's nothing to have the legacy that not only is that for you but look at what you're doing look at look at how you're teaching your boys what mm. women should be i was raised by a strong woman my husband was mm. raised by a strong woman and to me that's like 
that's everything. So you're doing it. And it makes everything else worthwhile. The control, the challenge, that's just like, that's where most people fall down. But you just step up and you choose growth again and again. Well, we're just like wrapping this up on the highest note ever because that's it. It's like the people who are quitting and staying in the victimhood and not committing to the post-traumatic growth are not choosing, they're not committing to anything big enough. Right. And part of your job and my job is to show them the way because the last thing we would ever do is judge them by that, but they might not have the tools. So your work, you provide the tools. I provide the tools, but also... You were given the assignment of your trauma, Krista, because that's what gets you to the next level. And every time you have a challenge and you're overwhelmed, say, you know what? Thank you, because I'm ready to get to the next level. I might not see it yet, but it's coming. Yes. Okay. Last question. This is like, this is the, the question of questions. It is why should women embrace ambition? Because that's how they're alive. That's growth. That's North Star. That's like living to their incredible full potential. Without ambition, then you might as well still be in kindergarten. So that, you know, once we graduate from high school, wherever it is, ambition is like, it's your next level education. So ambition is fuel. It's, it's ignite. It's energy. It's creativity. It's, it's, it's everything. That's why we're here. Amazing. Yes. Thank you, Dr. D. That was amazing. Oh my God. I'm just like so excited because like all these flashbacks came from all, like I remember driving home like after our event and I was like, mom, and I was telling her everything you were saying. And then like in the busyness of life, but having like, it just kind of, it was there. But like now it's come really like it's sunk deep into my being. And um, so I can share this with more people. I appreciate that. No chance meeting. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate your time. And thank you for all the work that you do. My pleasure. To be continued. (laughs) To be continued for sure. (laughs) Happy 2020. Take care.